episode 356, Scale Your Summits. Elizabeth Rose. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of Awaken Your Alpha, the number one men's development podcast for inspirational stories and strategies to thrive as a man. As a coach, keynote speaker, and best-selling author, it has been my mission going on four years on the podcast to bring you the best, the very best, the struggles, the action, and to share the real journey with you. Please subscribe to support the show through ayalpha.com forward slash book. This episode is sponsored by Ted Accelerator. If you do want to do a TEDx talk, and that is something on your list for 2019 or even 2020, if your answer is yes to any of that, your best lesson to my free TEDx Essentials training that you can easily find in the show notes this episode. Jump into that and please, you know, if you have any questions or someone you know wants to do a TEDx, please don't hesitate. AdamWalkerUK at me.com is my personal email. That'll jump straight to me. Get to the podcast. Okay, welcome back. We have a great one today. We have Elizabeth Rose on the line, and she is the youngest Canadian ever to scale the seven summits. She was featured as part of my Fearless Week, and you can go back and check a little teaser of that if you want. But uh, today, we're really going to dig into everything behind Elizabeth and why she would do that and what she learned from it. But firstly, Elizabeth, are you ready to awaken your alpha today? I am ready. Thanks for having me. No worries. So that was quite a brief intro, but you know, there's power and simplicity and that is kind of, that is what you're, you're known for, at least for me anyway. So um, is there anything you'd like to add or highlight to your brief introduction? Well, you forgot to mention, I just released my book. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, yeah, that was, and that is a new thing since we last spoke. So yes, yeah. And we've just been talking about that before. <laughs> I, um, I'm a professional. So I was, I was teeing you up there. Obviously I remember. Thank that. you. <laughs> And it was untitled back then, but it's written in the snow, if I'm correct. Yes, it is. Brilliant. Awesome. So, okay, let's just dig into it. So tell us a little bit about your origins. So this is the origin question. Like, what drove you to this? And like, where are you originally from? Where are you speaking to us from today? Tell us kind of the, the quick background. So I grew up in Vancouver, British Columbia, and I was always surrounded by the mountains. Uh, I've had skis on my feet since I've been four. So I've always loved being out there in the mountains. And then I went to school in Colorado, uh, chasing the mountains there as well. Um, so I've always been active and outdoorsy, but I had never climbed a mountain until I was fresh out of university. And I was looking for a job, didn't find my dream job instantly. And so I was like, oh, I need to go accomplish something. And anyways, stumbled upon climbing Kilimanjaro. So that's how my seven summit journey all got started. Uh, yeah, no, I, I do remember this. And we talked about in um, the last interview, you know, if someone was, now you've got that experience, if someone was interested in climbing or just, you know, maybe not, again, I assume you don't start off thinking I'm going to scale all seven summits off the bat, but where would be like, the ideal, if you had to do it again, where would be the ideal starting point for, you know, getting into climbing or just, you know, this world? Uh, it depends on where you live, but just even getting outside and your small local hills, yeah. um, anything to get a taste for it to see if you can like spark that passion. Yeah. So without obviously location and um, finances involved, which out of the seven, if you wanted to start off, like honestly, like I say, to get you into it, um, for the one of the seven summits, which one would you go for first or would you recommend? 
Um, I, I think Kilimanjaro was a great mm. starting point. I think a lot of people who do the seven summits, that's where they started and fell in love with the idea. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that, that's the one that I've been, I've only been close, you know, it's not like you stumble on these things, but I've only been close to doing one of the seven summits and it was Kilimanjaro. And that appeals to me, obviously the, the, the other stuff are in that region. I love Kenya for starters. Yeah. So you've done the, the seven summits, you're a published author now. Where do you think around all this was your awakening moment? I call it your awakening, your alpha moment where something just clicked that, you know, oh, I'm not just going for a wander up a, you know, a mountain or, I, or maybe I'll do two that, you know, I'm going to take on this challenge. And this is the, the kind of the, the route I want my life to go, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, probably after successfully climbing Everest, that was the real moment where I was like, I am capable of completing the seven and I've got it in me and this is what I'm passionate about. Yeah. And Everest, which number was that for you? Is that number two? Or that was number three. If I'm thinking it, other people probably think, can you just give us the rundown? We'll summarize again, but which, you know, give us the seven summits again, because a lot of people, um, including myself, would, would not know I'm off by heart. And so give us the rundown. Sure. And just, if I suppose to ease, kill two birds with one stone, the seven summits in the order you did them. Okay, so I first did Kilimanjaro in Africa. Do you know heights off the rough heights off the top of your head? Um, nineteen thousand feet, roughly, is Kilimanjaro. <laughs> and then next, I did Aconcagua, which is in South America, and that's roughly twenty-two thousand feet. And then I did Everest in Asia, which is like twenty-nine thousand feet. <laughs> and then I did Mount Vincent in Antarctica, which is sixteen thousand feet. And then Denali in North America, which is 21,000 feet, 20,000 feet. Um, and then Mount Elbrus in Europe, which is 18,000 feet. And then I ended on Mount Kosciuszko in Australia, which is like, it's a day it's hike. Large hill, it's like, it? yeah. <laughs> it's, I couldn't even tell you, it's, it's nothing. <laughs> No, I've heard about that. Hey, but you know, it's the seven continents, the seven yeah. summits. It's like, you know, you, you, you can only do what you can do. You know, you can't, you can't make it bigger than it is. Awesome. Yeah. So this is my Yoda question. Who helped awaken your alpha? Was there, a, and it doesn't have to be, you know, a person that you're physically there in front of. It could have been someone that inspired you from afar. It could have just been someone who might not even realize it. They just said something that you, you needed to hear at that point in your life and it just sparked something. Is there anyone who fits that bill? Well, I got the idea of climbing the seven summits from I, a girl who I was trekking to Everest Base Camp with. Um, her aunt had done the seven summits. So at this point, I didn't even know what they were. So that was probably the person that gave me the idea and like made my journey possible. What would you say is one of the most challenging things or, and, and there may be a specific incident that springs to mind, one of the most challenging things about scaling the seven summits and that you can talk about the specific expeditions or just the, the, you know, the, the challenge as a whole. So one of the main um, challenges is the altitude. So no matter how fit you are um, or how experienced you are, altitude affects everyone differently. So for me, almost on every summit, I got altitude sickness, which feels like a terrible hangover. You've got nausea, migraine headaches, and it's just awful. 
So that comes down to also like the mental side of things. These climbs are physically tough, but um, dealing with all the mental factors. So yeah, on Everest, I was really, had really bad altitude sickness. I had a doctor sleep in my tent one night. It was so bad. So yeah, yeah. that's, that's one of the main things. And my understanding of altitude sickness, obviously, is there's not a lot too much you can do about it. Like if you get it bad, even if you, you know, you've got lots of other attributes and you're, you know, you're very um, relentless and you're going to keep climbing stuff to a certain point, you know, a doctor like that, you have to come down or like for certain people, it's like, it's over. It's like, it's nice that you wanted to do it and you're, you're, you're kind of capable, but it's, you've got to come down because of altitude sickness. So how does that play out? And there was, do you have many experiences of people who got kind of sidelined by that sort of thing? Yeah. So the best thing for your body is to go down. Um, I was lucky. It wasn't too bad that I had to forfeit any of my trips, but a lot of people in different groups with me on many of my climbs, even in Aconcagua in South America had to like totally abandon their goal. And when it comes to the mental side of things, can you think of a time when you, if you did, did you ever consider giving up at certain stages and what was the most challenging scenario that you found yourself in personally on, on the mountains? So I never wanted to give up, but there was tears at times and challenges. Um, one of my like scariest moments, which I talked about in fearless week was on my way down from Everest. Um, mentally, I just absolutely crumbled. I had slipped near the top and was swinging in the air and anyways, just a disaster hanging from this rock wall. And so I had to really focus mentally and I still had the rest of the mountain to get down. Um, so that was one of my challenges. Yeah. And again, assume no one of, cause there's a good chance hasn't heard the story on fearless week. They're just coming at this from this point. So tell us a little bit more details of that. Cause I remember you, you said literally, there's one way down, one way up. And obviously there's, it's quite busy. You wouldn't think of it, but it's quite busy on Everest and you were kind of in the way. So it's not like you can take a moment to, uh, you know, steady yeah. yourself and you, you've got to keep cracking from what I understand. And, uh, yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. And you literally, yeah, you were hanging from the ledge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The danger is not necessarily going up and climbing, but all let's put it bluntly, all the deaths happen on the way down or trying to get down <laughs> generally. Yeah. So yeah, in all the movies and everything you hear, the scariest part is going down because you've been going for so long. So at this point you're like so happy to reach the summit and then you just, you don't give up, but you're like, Oh, you can like, you think you can take a breath, but you have like the rest of the mountain to get down. So I'm right near the top and it is absolutely packed with people. It's like a lineup at Disneyland. It's so busy because there's one good summit day um, that season. So everyone's going up and down along the same rope and it's my turn to start rappelling down this section. So when you're rappelling, only one person can go at a time. Anyways, this is where I slip and I'm with my Sherpa and my crampons, the spikes on the bottom of my boots, slice his snowsuit. So feathers are flying everywhere and I think I've cut straight through to his leg. And so I'm just an emotional wreck and my glasses are all fogged up. My oxygen mask is um, slipping from my face and I'm just like, I need a second to catch my breath. And he's like, no, like there's a line of people. What are you doing? Like we need to keep moving. 
So anyways, I made it through, but it was tough. Amongst all of this as well, was there always an idea for a book or were you just keeping notes yourself? And tell us a little bit about the book. Um, yeah, in that, was the, did the kind of the ideas come together or did it organically come out of that? Because I do believe everyone has a book within them, but you know, there's a, much like the scaling of seven summits, it's a much smaller list of people who actually finish the book and then secondly, get it out into the world. Yeah, so it was during Everest that I decided I'd really like to write a book. Um, I knew I wanted to wait till I'd finished all seven to actually start the writing process. Mm -hmm. But on all my climbs, I made sure to keep very detailed journals because you forget the little things. Um, So yeah, my book is my journey through the seven summits and all the lessons and challenges that I faced along the way and how anyone um, not interested in climbing could put those lessons in their everyday life scenarios. I want to talk to you about, again, the, the differences in you as a person pre and post seven summits. What do you notice in yourself and the differences, whether it's you want to focus on, you know, mental toughness or you tell me, we're not saying, you know, you were broken before. Now you're brilliant <laughs> after the seven summits. You know, you can be brilliant before and you're brilliant now. But what do you notice? And there could be subtle differences and your approaches to life or they could be huge, you know, transformational differences. So one of the main benefits is confidence in myself. Um, Going through all this, I've learned to believe in myself um, so much more than I ever thought I could. And so now in any life situation, I'm just like, if I could get through that, I can get through just about anything. And so in the book, you talked about, you know, some life lessons and tactics. Is there any advice you'd like to give from your book or some of, the, some of the highlights, just like a little teaser of what people can learn inside of that? Yeah, so one of them is just to stay present. Um, on Denali, I was in an 11-day snowstorm and all I was worried about was if I was going to get the opportunity to leave that camp and make it to the summit. And it was not a good way to live for 11 days. Um, I was just constantly defeated. And so like reading my book and looking back on that, I would have loved the opportunity to just like live in the moment. I was in Alaska and it was absolutely beautiful and just like cherish the moments we have and not worry about the future. Uh, Absolutely great point. And you know, sometimes there's, yeah, there's things that's, that's exactly one where, you know, people are stressing about things they can't control. It completely yeah. and other times waiting on other people you're waiting on you know the weather but it's a similar <laughs> sort of thing and, and yeah missing opportunities right in front of us yeah so we're gonna kind of move into the alpha round now and this is where i'm gonna ask you some some specifics some things that have inspired you and i like to start that off with a resource and obviously we're gonna put your book in the show notes and recommend that but is there personally a book recommendation that has either been very impactful for you you at some point in your life for some reason or one that you recommend to people to read when they ask you this sort of question um i'm trying it's i've spent the last year writing my own book so i haven't there's there's nothing that i've been reading too recently on the top of my list right now is the monk who sold his ferrari oh yeah Um, 
I haven't read it yet, but um, it's been highly recommended to me. So that's what I look forward to reading next. Okay. And as a, as a writer and obviously a reader, which, which writers or books in the past have, you know, what is kind of your style? What was a, a good book that you have read or something that you, you know, you enjoyed? Uh, Into Thin Air by John Krakow was um, definitely an inspirational read to me. Um, and yeah, really made me want to um, keep great details in my climbs and stuff. Okay, so that's uh, I'm assuming <laughs> a mountaineer, so kind of yes, but yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> awesome. Is there a, a either a personal quote or a, a favorite quote, and kind of your approach to life, how you like to live your life, or just a favorite quote that really inspires you? Um, well, right now I'm signing my book, Dream Big. Oh, so okay. that's 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 a me quote, but it's a me quote. What other, is there anything that inspires you? And I suppose is that sounds like your approach to life in general. But is there any other quotes that spring to mind? And it, hey, if nothing does, then nothing does. You can't make it up. Um, not all those who wander are lost. Oh, do you know who that? No, I forget who it's by. I'm terrible on the spot like this. But like, I love quotes. I'm. Just, oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, oh, if you don't like quotes, that's fine. Cause not some people aren't into them. I love quotes kind of thing, but <laughs> okay. no, it's not, not all those who wonder are lost. I like that. Okay. In everything you do and you can go very sort of mountaineer specific and or everyday life. Is there a particular resource that is useful to you that you use? And it can be high tech, low tech. Um, and it's the kind of thing that you're so glad you had it, for example, on the mountain or, um, you would notice it if you didn't have it. It would be a bit frustrating, but you'd get over it. So some kind of cool little resource that's maybe not widely known or not used in the way that you use it. So on all my climbs, I got family and friends to write letters to me to open at different times during my climbs. So that was really uh, inspirational and um, encouraging for me. So, yeah. Brilliant idea. I like that. Yeah. Now, I'm just trying to think how you could incorporate that to uh, back to normal life. I'd like to get him <laughs> to write all these letters. That, you write me a letter for when, you know, I'm having a tough day. I'll open it. <laughs> it's useful. Like yeah, anyway. Got an idea going there. From all your sort of networks and experiences, is there anyone from who you would recommend would be a good interview for Awaken Your Alpha? Is there anyone who springs to mind? You know, it could be a hidden gem or it could be, you know, you might have bumped into someone who's, who does this sort of thing. Um, yeah. Is there anyone who springs to mind? My dad, John Rose. <laughs> um, he's a Say really, to us. who's John Rose? <laughs> <laughs> um, he's been a role model for me my entire life and he's a business consultant right now. He had his own company for many years and he really gives back to the community a lot and yeah, he'd be a great interview. Awesome. Good stuff. Um, and it's in just starting to sort of wrap things up here as well. What was the one question? I know it's absolutely flown, but what was the one question that you'd wished I'd ask or you feel like I've missed a trick by not asking it? Ooh. Um, the floor is yours. It's an excuse to really, you know, <laughs> <laughs> one way to put it, like what, what would you like to share? Um, Lots of people ask me what's next. So next for me, next? <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> um, I'm not giving away full details, but this summer I'm 
planning my next big adventure and no Canadian woman has done it before. Um, it is a climb. I was going to say, does it involve heights? Okay. (laughs) Yes, it does. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. Awesome. The, the main advice you'd give to someone who's either the combination of feels like they, they don't really have that summit in life in general to scale or, you know, they want to get into mountain or they're just, you know, just feeling a bit, you know, talk about wandering and not being lost, but those who feel a little bit lost and any advice you want to give. And, and again, you can go real specific on the climate as well as, as well as general life. So to try new things, because before climbing Kilimanjaro, I had never climbed a mountain and it has taken my life in a completely different direction than I would have ever thought. So you never know where your passion comes from. So even if it sounds like something you might be interested in for any activity in life. Just don't be scared and try it. What is the best way people can connect with you if they want to hear more, find out more and uh, follow what you're up to? Yeah, thanks. So I'm pretty active on Instagram. My Instagram's LizRose5. My book's available on Amazon and it's called Written in the Snow. And I've got a website, LizRoseSummits.com. So that would be the best way. Amongst all of the climbing you did we talked about the scariest moment and lots of other challenges within there but what was the moment where it really felt like and it could have been you know not right at the end was almost that one of your proudest moments throughout the whole climb or there could be several where you know you really surprised yourself if that ever happened um, and you sort of things went better than expected for example so for my last climb i did it as a fundraiser for a children's hospice And it was the smallest mountain, but it was also um, one of my greatest climbs because I took a flag that I got all the kids from the hospice to sign and I brought them to the summit with me um, in spirit. So that was really incredible experience. Awesome. What a great way to finish up the episode. Liz, thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, live limitless. So uh, one of my favorite quotes is, it is possible for ordinary people to choose to be extraordinary by Elon Musk. Oh, yeah, I like that. It's in my book. There there we go. (laughs) Quality, very nice. This episode is sponsored by TEDxCelerator. Do you want to do your TEDx talk? If the answer to that is yes in any way, shape or form, or you've always thought that would be a cool thing to do, if you've got any questions, queries, please do reach out to me. UK at me.com is my personal email. That will jump straight to me. TED Accelerator enrollment is open three times a year, so please do reach out. We may be just about to start one. We may be in the middle of one. We may be just about to finish one. Main thing is reach out today to secure your spot on the next upcoming TED Accelerator, and there will also be some pre-work for you to do. The best time to start taking action on this is today, and we'll get you secured when the next group goes through. Also, if you want this to happen now, 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 there's also ways we can accommodate you in more of a one-to-one bespoke manner. All right, speak to you soon.